Welcome to the Awakened Man Podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you are doing well today. I am recording outside, so I apologize if the audio quality is even more minimal than it normally is. And yes, of course, if you go back to the old episodes, I was actually using a microphone, and I'm not using one anymore, and I have a mixer, and for whatever reason, the mixer isn't working with my new Mac, so unfortunately... It's the, it's the, uh, I'm not getting paid for this, so I'm just too lazy to figure out to get the audio quality better. So I'm just using the uh, GarageBand audio quality, and I apologize for that. So hopefully it's at least audible enough. Today we're going to talk about television shows that best exemplify going their own way. Now this is definitely more of an episode where there needs to be feedback. And uh, to be fair, I do need to update the intro and extra because all the ways that you could reach me on Facebook or Instagram, no longer you can reach me there. So this would be better uh, a kind of topic uh, for like a live stream or, or, or something like that. But either way, I wanted to posit some shows uh, that kind of exemplify good MGTOW qualities. Now, shows that come up to your mind or movies that come to your head that you perceive to mean MGTOW, I think say a lot about what you perceive MGTOW to be. And so if you come up with movies or shows where the men are treating women poorly and just pumping and dumping and are full of, of misogyny, then I would tell you that you probably have a view. Uh, 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 what I would humbly in all charity tell you is an incorrect view of MGTOW. No offense. You know, we can all have different interpretations of the philosophy. But I would tell you, if you picked shows that kind of exemplify men being wary of the pitfalls of marriage and enjoying their autonomy and living the versatility of going your own way, being able to do what you want, where you want, where you want, and spending a lot of time with friends and putting your friends before women and shows that demonstrate men that have strong masculinity then I think I would tell you have a better view of, of what's going your own way. So I'm just going to pick three shows, and by all means, there's others. And again, this would be best exemplified if it was like a chat or uh, you could post in comments or something like that. And certainly you could post a review and add some other shows that you think uh, would be better than the three that I'm going to give. Certainly with movies, uh, we could do that as well. I like doing movie treatments uh, of romantic comedies, and kind of seeing them from the Red Pill perspective, like, for example, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding or Notting Hill or Love Actually, these these movies that are just, just crack cocaine to women. And really, Hitch is another one, Crazy Stupid Love, these movies that essentially telegraph that the... It essentially tells the woman that at the beginning of the movie, the guy is up in the air by Clooney's another one like this, 
where the guy's kind of living his bachelor fun-loving life, and then by the end of the movie, the woman domesticates him and gets him onto uh, the plantation. So you see a lot of those in the rom-coms, and it, it kind of, and also too, the other trope in rom-coms you see this in Four Weddings and a Funeral, the old '90s movie, is the man who has options will take on the woman who's ridden the carousel of C-O-C-K-S's. In that movie, Andy McDowell tells Hugh Grant, I've had 33 lovers, and he's still like, oh, 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 you know, the typical Hugh Grant, oh, 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 I still love you, oh, 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 oh. So you see a lot of programming. The male rom-coms, like the Judd Apatow movies, and I think we have an episode here on that, tells the simps that they can get the beautiful, virtue-laden woman, which is in itself a great disservice because it's completely unrealistic. So movies like She's Out of Your League, and certainly a movie like Knocked Up, there's no way that, that Seth Rogen's character would ever get Catherine Heigl. But again, those movies are for male simps, male kind of insult types. Either way, let's do three movies. I'm sorry, three TV shows. Let's go with The Mandalorian. I think The Mandalorian's a good example of kind of going your own way. Truly, The Mandalorian is, is not, it, he's an alpha, but he's also a sigma, and then he kind of beats to his own drum and does his own thing. A celebrity example of this would kind of be like Keanu Reeves throughout his whole life. He's never really been tethered to any women. He hasn't been married. He's with a woman who is only 10 years younger than him, Alexandra Grant, but she looks like a grandma because she's got gray hair, when he could be like a lot of Hollywood and athletes who are dating much, much younger women in their in their kind of peak fertility of their 20s or even their fading years in their 30s. But he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to date a 50-year-old woman. So he's kind of a Sigma guy. But the Mandalorian is a good example of many things because the Mandalorian carries himself the way that we should all carry ourselves. He's an alpha, and that an alpha is somebody who excels in their craft above other people. Of course, the Mandalorian is an exceedingly great bounty hunter and since he is the protagonist of the show, he pretty much wins every battle, every fight scene. He excels. But what else? He's a man of few words. He's laconic. He doesn't over-emote. He doesn't express vulnerability too much. And the opposite would be like the neurotic show, the neurotic Jew shows like Woody Allen movies or Seinfeld, Curb Enthusiasm, which are all great shows. But don't get me wrong, they exemplify kind of the, 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 the over-emoting over neurotic man and we have an early episode here on 20 signs that you're neurotic and i have neurotic tendencies i'm not going to deny that but the neurotic will talk too much and over remote the mandalorian is a man of few words he's also a man of honor he bounds himself to a code you really don't see that with with television shows really pushing that with men like in the old days men would do that there was a there was a code there was an honor you kind of saw this with the old james bond movies too and certainly with westerns john wayne is an any john wayne movie pretty much is another example of of that and look the mandalorian is essentially a western so it's not surprising but i don't use john wayne as an example because most people are too too young to remember any john wayne movies but most people have seen the mandalorian so the Mandalorian is very masculine on all level. He's never pursuing a woman. He's not going to simp out for a woman. And he just ennobles and exemplifies a lot of great masculine qualities. He strives to be the best, but he's also kind of aloof. He's a D-bag on same levels. He's never trying to be the nice guy. And certainly he's not pursuing women. Number two. So these next two are going to be more of the kind of PUA scoundrel type so one would be showtime's californication hank moody played by david duchovny who 
Uh, he plays a sex addict. In real life, he was a sex addict as well, and that's why that's what derailed his marriage with Taylor Leone. But uh, I, I don't know. Clearly, Mandalorian's on Disney+. Plus. I don't know right now where Californication could be found. Uh, it could, maybe it's on Netflix, the early seasons, but I'm sure Showtime has all the, the episodes there if you want to catch it. But Californication is a great show because it's well-written, and Hank Moody plays a kind of a self-loathing writer. He's a brilliant guy, but he's too bogged down with his own demons. And through all the seasons, he is essentially betting a variety of women. And he doesn't get attached to any of them. Now, part of this, and they wrote this in, is that he kind of is always carrying a torch for his baby mama. He has a child who's like a tween at the beginning and ends up being a teenager later on. Uh, I can't remember the name of the woman that he, he likes, but it's kind of on and off again. And his ex-baby mama doesn't want to be with him because he's an alcoholic and he's kind of a deadbeat. And she marries another guy and then leaves him for the other guy, but they can't hold down a relationship. And they wrote it this way uh, because I think it was to get to more female viewers because as a whole, David Hank Moody, David Duchovny's character is kind of a jerk. Like they would perceive him to be a jerk. And he's just betting all these women. And look, he's, he's cracked cocaine to women because he is a, a relatively famous writer. He's damaged. Women love damaged men. He's good looking and he's witty. See, don't underestimate the power of wit. Wit demonstrates high IQ. Oscar Wilde, master of wit, right? It, it's one thing to be funny, but to be good with your words and to be smart enough to throw out puns and to have wit shows high IQ, and that's another reason women like it. But the big thing about Duchovny, which, which you share with uh, the Mandalorian, is he just doesn't care. He doesn't care about these women. He's just betting them. They kind of just fall into his lap, and he doesn't grow attached to any of them. Now, they wrote it, I think, in a way for him to always harbor a torch for his baby mama so the women wouldn't hate him so it's like oh hanks you know he does all these crazy things but deep down he's a good guy because he still loves his baby mama i think that if that show was written for men they would not have that at all it'd just be him and his adventures trying to get the next tv show or the next book published and this is kind of a reoccurring thing with the last movie or the last tv show i'm going to talk about where it's like the, the adventures of getting this next thing done and uh, and he also has a very good relationship with his agent, which is his best friend, which is going to be talked about in this, the last show I talk about. So it's kind of like bros before hoes, so to speak. And uh, it wouldn't be all this kind of like lingering and pining for the baby mama. Now, to be fair, I think that anytime you do have children, you should make your best effort to be reunited with the baby mama slash ex-wife because it's good for the children. But I understand that 70 to 90 percent of divorces are initiated by women and lots of times. The man can't do anything about that. And that's Perfo's law. But either way, Californication is a great show. It's witty. It's fun. And, you know, for you guys who want to kind of get the, the more PUA side of how he's just betting random women and he doesn't try, you can learn a lot from Hank Moody and his PO and his MO. And his MO is essentially just being smart, witty, good-looking, well-known, and witty and not caring. And I think this is something that the... The blue pill and the purple pill and the, the semi-incels can learn. You know, don't try hard. Now, of course, if you're not, if you're Danny DeVito, for example, a broke Danny DeVito, you know, you probably feel like you have to try harder because you don't have the looks or the money. But for just the average guy who's, you know, decently good looking or has average money, uh, just remember, don't try hard. The Mandalorian isn't trying hard to get any women. Of course, they haven't written any love stories in. Who knows? Later seasons, maybe he'll simp out like the characters of the last show we're going to talk about here. 
but in in Californication, he doesn't try. He's just the women come to him because he just exudes the I don't give an F. Now, an honorable mention show, which is similar to Californication, I think would be House MD. That was um, Hugh Laurie's movie or I'm sorry, TV show where he's a doctor and he and his group are trying to figure out uh, medical cases. And women love Hank Moody from California Cage, and they love Hugh Laurie in house. What's the common denominator? They're both, quote, D-bags who treat people poorly, but they're also brilliant and charismatic. And those are things that women love in men. Brilliant, charismatic, brooding men. You notice both of those guys are in their mid-40s on those shows, right? So you don't have to be the young buck to get women. Men age like fine wine. So both of these guys are in their mid-40s, and they both do very well getting women because they just don't give a damn. All right, the last show, and this is no particular order, would be Entourage. Entourage, of course, is on HBO Max. Doug Ellen, the creator, laments how uh, he thinks that HBO hid the, uh, on, hid the algorithm where it's hard to find it. And it's true, like if you just type in, I think, E-N-T, Curb Your Enthusiasm comes up. But either way, uh, it ran from uh, probably around the same time Californication did, like mid-2000s to early 2000, early 2010s, and then they had a movie a couple years later. The good thing about Entourage is this. It's, it's kind of, if you need that outlet of just bros banging women, you get that with Entourage. Every character in that is striving for that, except for E, Eric. Eric's the interminable romantic guy he's only banged like three four women in his life and there's the on again on again off again relationship with sloan but the other characters you know especially the early seasons which i think the first three seasons are peak entourage i think a lot of people like season four i'm not a big fan of season four i would say season five is better than four and uh you know it did have some problems later on season seven i think is is it, well we'll talk about the problems with entourage at the end but the good thing about Entourage is that it, it's really, when you strip it down, it's not necessarily about hedonism Hollywood. If you, don't, if you don't know that, it's really kind of loosely based on Mark Wahlberg and his introduction to Hollywood when he got there in the late 90s, after or during the time he was Marky Mark. And he's an executive producer of the show. But ultimately, when you strip away all the hedonism of Hollywood and kind of living vicariously through Vince and Turtle and... and and Johnny Drama and Ari. It's about brotherhood. It's about guys sticking together. It's always about the men forsaking a lot of things if it's gonna hurt one of the four. Or even Ari will do this. And you see this played out kind of in the movie as well, which I think the movie's okay. It's not that memorable. But uh, they stick together. So it's, it's and this is one of the things I talk about MGTOW. Like, one of the Achilles heels of MGTOW is not having friends, right? You can forsake women, kind of like TFM always says, like, why do you need women if you have a good group of friends, a waifu, and a dog? But the thing is that you got to have a good group of friends. And the thing about Entourage is Entourage always demonstrates that. These guys are very close. They know everything about each other. They're childhood friends. They stick up for each other. They get in fights with each other. Or they get in fights with other people for each other. And ultimately, it's all about loyalty. And that's a big MGTOW thing. It's like you go your own way. You find your own path. But ultimately, it's, it's brothers and you stick together. Now, of course, if you want the more PUA, hedonistic stuff, you know, I mean, I don't know if Doug Allen would ever admit this. But Vince is a sex addict. If, if you watch the show enough, you will see that he does have... And I would say Vince is, in, in some levels, the least interesting character, and that's the, the, the point, because he's kind of the, the straight man. But if Vince wasn't really handsome and very famous, he wouldn't necessarily get all the action that he gets. 
because he's kind of a one-dimensional character, and I think maybe Doug Ellen created him that way. Kind of like what Jerry Seinfeld's a straight man on Seinfeld. But uh, Vince is a sex addict, and I mean, I don't know. I'm sure some website, some fandom website, has a body count of how many women he's, he's slept with in the seven se- eight seasons of the show. But ultimately, the problem with Entourage was that at the end, they all simp out. They do. I mean, first of all, you have this unbelievable plot line that we're supposed to believe that Broke Turtle, not the one that ends up rich later on, Broke Turtle can snag Jamie Lynn Siegler, the actual actress, the the meta-sopranos on uh, The Sopranos. So we believe that. But, you know, he simps out. She leaves. There's a scene where he's crying. I can't move on. You know, he's some college girl wants it, but he can't move on from slightly post-wall, kind of overrated in terms of her looks, Meta Soprano. Uh, so he simps out. Then they got Johnny Drama simping out for the French girl. Uh, when, so he, you, you got that issue. And then Vince simps out for Sasha, of the porn star in season seven. This is one of the reasons why season seven is my least favorite. Uh, also because the plot lines, I don't find that interesting. And look, people watch Entourage for to live vicariously through these characters, through, through Hollywood, you know, the excess of fame. The, the booty that they're all getting and we don't want to see Vince all you know, drug at drug addled so to speak so season seven's kind of a downer I think they rebound season eight with the humor and I think that's the other thing the early seasons were really funny and then by season eh, six is not as funny and, and seven certainly is a downer one but eight bounces back okay but ultimately all the characters simp out he's a, it's just a notorious simp I mean, he's, we, we don't have to really talk much about he but either way it is a good show in that it demonstrates brotherhood so these are three shows i'm sure there's others if you want to mention some others because you know with, with the peak tv and we have so many outlets for television i'm sure there's shows that i'm missing that you feel embody going your own way better than these three shows so post a review right in the review because that's the only way i'd be able to read it but these are three shows and uh, let me know if there's others that you really like or don't like. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review. If you have an Apple product, I would like that. It helps with the algorithm. I think we are the most episoded MGTOW channel out there. That's probably because I've been doing this since 2017. Uh, but uh, post a review. That helps out. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal if you want to make a donation. I'll defray the cost of hosting this on a, on a server. Because I don't make any money off this. I would appreciate that. There's also a link for... Um, naturopathic earth which is the website that has all the past episodes lastly subscribe and follow to the three feeds i do which are the female holistic health apothecary confessions of an obese child and of course the awakening until next time take care god bless and pray thank you for listening to the awakened man podcast find us on facebook at the awakened man podcast page subscribe and post an honest review on apple podcast and consider donating to our crowdfunding account and remember freedom is better than needham until next time Music, courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.